Hello and welcome to the Stringer Podcast number 12. The Dirty Dozen. But no need for those green and yellow and purple pills. You gotta remember it. You remember when they tried to pass off a radio edit that was green and yellow and purple hills? Like, come on. Those guys are doing a lot of things, but they don't need to climb a hill to get high if you know what I'm saying. Hi, guys. I've missed you. It's been a while, hasn't it? I feel guilty, if I'm being honest. I feel guilty on the inside. It's been so long since we've chatted. Uh, life got, it got really crazy. And then it got really shitty. And then it got crazy again. And I had these three great conversations with people that you're going to love, including this week's with Taylor Schold. But it just took some time to get some stuff in order before I could bring them to you. So I hope that you forgive me. Please, I beg. But I figure if you're listening this far, you've forgiven me. And I owe you at least seven chiclets. If you want to push me, I'll go up to nine. Sticking in the theme of what we do on the Stringer Podcast, it's time for the Stringer Big Weekend. It's a special edition. Right now, I'm actually recording this uh, out in L.A. I'm actually just outside L.A. in Newport. And I thought, because I'm here, I'm going to give you a Stringer Big Weekend L.A. style. It all starts off actually on Friday night with my absolute favorite comedian. Chris Hardwick, you should know him. He is the host of the ID10 podcast. He is the AMC's talking series host. He is the founder of Nerdist. He's a recent home renovator. This guy can do it all. Mm, I'd like to see him try the kazoo. Maybe he'll do it in a show. He is playing the Oxford Levity Live Comedy Club on Friday night at 7.30 and 9.45. Two shows, 30 bucks each. That's a steal for this guy. He is, his comedy specials are amazing. His podcasts are amazing. He's actually been a huge inspiration uh, for me personally. Oxnard Levity Comedy Club, 591 Collection Boulevard in Oxnard, California. You can pick up tickets. You can see if he's going to play the kazoo. I doubt it, but maybe he can. Get your tickets at oxnard.levitylive.com on Saturday. You're still up for a little bit more. The Backyard Bus. This sounds really interesting. It's in Long Beach, 1720 East 14th Street. It is free, but donations are welcome. Starts at 9 p.m. It's a mix of musicians, authors, poets, comedians, and any other type of artist you can think of. Here's the rad part, though. Donations are for the Education Through Music LA, which partners with inner city schools to promote music, creativity, and overall development. So you get a night out, you get to do a backyard busk, you get to see some wicked artistry going on, and you're also supporting, with your donation, a great cause. And on Sunday, UCB, it's ASCAT every Saturday and Sunday, but uh, on Sunday at UCB, 5919 Franklin Street, or Franklin Ave in LA, 7 p.m., it is free, it is the longest running comedy improv show ever. Well, I don't know ever, but definitely at UCB. It features a cast of theater regulars, as well as a special celebrity guest. Who's the guest? You gotta show up to find out. Surprises are fun, right? Get your tickets. It is Sunday. Just go to the UCB website, or, you know, just show up. Because showing up is cool. But back to our guest this week. Taylor Schold and I have known each other. I'm gonna say for at least six years, and I'm pretty sure we discussed it on the podcast. He is uh, incredible 
incredible sports producer in the city. He's worked for uh, CBC. He's worked for uh, the NHL Network, uh, at Rogers Sportsnet, and he is also the founder of the Shoal Media Group. I really dig this guy because, again, he saw he saw something. He knew inside of him he wanted to be a part of something, and I guess he maybe sought it out for a while, but then he decided to create it himself, and he has brought uh, a mess, an absolute mess of young talented people uh, together regularly for meetups. You just get to make new friends. You get to see that you're not alone, that people are going through the same struggles you are inside the media industry. So without further ado, I bring you Taylor Schold, at T. Schold on Twitter, at T. Schold on Instagram, for our nice little chatty chat. Oh, before I go, shout out to Luca. Luca is our newly hired editor. Hopefully he doesn't bail on me. This guy is, yeah, as I said, we have three great conversations that were just sitting there ready uh, to, to, to be put together. He cleaned it all up, made me sound probably a little better than I already do, and put it together so that now we have a podcast. Thank you, Luca. Couldn't have done it without you. Well, you or the sax. I missed you, sax. First rule to radio, Taylor. Uh, mics you, are always hot. Mics are always hot. Okay. So what's up? How I you doing? Know. Good. Just getting uh, getting ready for another weekend of hockey night and more hockey and then some more hockey after that. <laughs> it is that time of year. Yeah. What is isn't good. it? It's good. That's it's, what it's all about. You went to Ryerson, didn't I you? I did, yeah. Radio and Television at Ryerson. RTA. Yeah. Radio and Television Arts. Yeah. That's a huge program. I've been in TV for 15 years. I've been... You know, working alongside MLSC, I think for eight or nine, the amount of people like we think of um, Steve Dangle, yeah, right, yeah. Steve he was Glenn. The year after me, yeah, he was the year he graduated yeah. the year after I you. Think so, and then um, I, like I work, I work with someone named Nate, and Nate was in the same year as he was, yeah. and then I have a buddy Ross, and he was RTA as well. Well, like I know when I was looking at schools to go to for like I always wanted to be in TV. And then, so when I was looking for schools to go to, when you go to Ryerson and RTA, you would see like Jay Onright, Martine Guyard, like Scott Moore, all these like huge names in like the TV world. And I was like, oh, these people all went there. Like, I definitely want to try to get there as well. So just getting into the program, I remember like fighting and clawing my way just to get in. You needed like an 85 average in high school just to like minimize, like have your minimal grades to get in. And like, I don't have an 85 average. Like I'm screwed. But then mm-hmm. I was like, if I just get in, I know I'll be really good at this. Yeah. I just have to get into the program. So just like, fought and clawed my way in high school to get in. And then when I got, got in, it was fantastic, great program. And then I went to CBC as an intern and almost every single person working hockey night had been at RTA. As soon as I told them I was from Ryerson, I was part of the club. I was like part of the group versus other interns who went to like Seneca or Mohawk or wherever. And it became like a, a crew, a, crew, a yeah. click. Yeah. The RTA kids at CBC. Yeah. But these are all the people who were in like the production roles. Now this was like the producer, uh, coach's corner producer, the guys doing the openings. Like everybody, it wasn't just you know the new people. It was people who graduated '94, graduated in 2000. You know, graduated much earlier. When did the program start? Do you know? 
Uh, I don't did, know. Did, did you have to take a like time. a history of RTA you in the first have, year? But uh, I, I honestly don't remember. I don't they, know. They just every single week parade in front of you all the great names that yeah. came before you. Yeah. And said, if you're lucky, if you are lucky, Taylor Schuld, you yeah. can be him. That's you see, right. you always wanted to be in TV. Yeah. And what? Uh, okay. From what age? Like, so, can you, do you have like one of those memories? You're like, yes, from here, I knew I wanted to be in television. Well, I uh, was a big Canucks fan, like in 1994 when they went to the finals. Okay, How? so I lived in BC. So I lived in Victoria. Did you grow up in BC? Yeah. So I grew up in BC until age seven, and then I moved to Toronto. I had no idea in Victoria. So you're on the island. Yep. So I was born in Vancouver. Only lived there for a year, from the ages of zero to one. And then moved to, so I don't really remember much. Then I moved to Victoria, went to like kindergarten, grade one, and then moved to Oakville in, before grade two. So I was always a Canucks fan because of Beret and they were so good and they went to the final and that's when I first got into hockey. And then one of the ways my parents like lessened the blow of us moving to Ontario was if you moved to, if we moved to Ontario, we'll let you guys play hockey. Ooh. We, there was like really not that much hockey in Victoria. Like it was mm-hmm. it's a pretty small town, especially like 25 years ago. There wasn't as much minor hockey as there is now. And, and who are you going to play? Like Nanaimo? Nanaimo, yeah. Campbell River, I guess. Campbell I River. Yeah. There's not, what's the, what's the Shemanus? Yeah, there's Courtney. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of. Yeah, but that's Island. about the extent yeah. before you have to cross over to the mainland. Right. But even just like house league and stuff. Like I just played house league in Oakville for a while. Then I played rep and high school hockey and stuff. But I obviously knew I wasn't going to make the NHL, but I loved hockey. Like, that was my thing. Like, I, I was a kid who wore, like, the Hockey's Life shirts and, like, all that stuff, right? Did you have a hat and you just had that, that flowing I did curls? Have kind of like a fl- I did have the flowing curls. Oh, um, my God. My hair is pretty curly. Yeah. Like, like, the know? hockey hair. Yeah. Which is also, like, also snowboarder hair. Yeah. Which I think we should just rename to Canadian hair. Sure. Right? Snowboarding, hockey, it's Canadian hair. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. So I had that. My mom, my mom liked it because she could like differentiate me on the ice because <laughs> everyone's got the helmets on. But you could see like your hair, and they made me use an orange tape on my stick. And your stick, so they could like see me all the time. It looked ridiculous, but like that's how they could like identify me. They sound like they're not hockey parents. They weren't, but then they became hockey. Parents. They became like, my hockey mom parents. started doing like managing AAA rep teams, even when, the, when my brother and I weren't even on the team. Like she just loved it so much that she just kept doing it after we like grew up and moved on. And so, like, she managed, like, Steve Mason when he played in Oakville. Sheesh. She, Your mom's got connections. Yeah, yeah. So she managed, like, a bunch of people who, uh, like, were too good to play with my brother and I. Um, and then I became, like, really into Hockey Night. Like, I always watched. And I was like, I want to be Ron McClain. I want to be Bob Cole. And you don't even realize that there are, like, all these behind-the-scenes jobs, right? You just see Ron in front of the camera on Saturday. And you're like, well, that looks like an awesome job. I'd love to do that. Not realizing there's 100 people working behind him on the production element of it. And that's... I, you know, even when I was at school, I was still like, I want to be on air. I did radio and TV, right? Like we were talking about, but I did a radio show at Ryerson. I did all the on-air classes. Whenever there was like a person to be on air, that was, I tried to like get that job. And then when I got my internship at CBC, I was like, this is pretty cool too. Like, and there's actually a chance I'll get a job rather than trying to get on air. You'll be toiling away for years and years. And who knows if you'll even ever make it. Um, plus I was actually quite bad when it became like a stand up in front of like, you know, you go to the sky dome, the and truth you, comes out. Yeah. You try to do, you try to do a stand up and I like couldn't do it very well. Like it took me like two or three takes, you know, the take that was good was good. But if it was a live scenario, takes one through three wouldn't have worked at all. Right. Oh so no. It's poor Taylor. Was your heart broken? Not really because no? I started doing the behind the scenes stuff yeah. that I really liked. And I did, I was doing like on air stuff at Kojiko. Um, like I did the same show Gareth Wheeler did the like sports week. Like well, I was after him. Um, but then the show got canceled, which is wow. Weird. It's like 
community access. No one's getting paid. I don't understand how it got canceled, but it got canceled. Uh, and I was doing like sideline reporting for like high school football and lacrosse and Oakville Blades hockey and stuff. But it all conflicted with my time at CBC because Hockey Night is on Saturdays and games are at weeknights and I, I couldn't do both. And I figured there's a better chance I'll get a job and not have to move to Moose Jaw if I keep working at CBC behind the scenes and I just dedicated now everything to that. You didn't want to go to Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan? No, I didn't want, I didn't really want to You want to move to Regina? No, I didn't. You want to go to like, I can't think of any. Originally I was thinking like, yeah, maybe I I will move. That'd be cool. Like you go cut your teeth somewhere and learn from people there and kind of work your way up. But I was at Hockey Night in Canada. How could I give up that? Right. right? It's true. It's almost like you are moving away to prove something to yourself. And that's, Toronto is a beautiful city. First of all, it's a great city, but it's also, and I'm sorry to Montreal and Vancouver. They're going to hate me for this. It's the sports hub of like Canada. TSN, Sportsnet. They're, they're here. here, right? Right. Like our radio networks are out of here. Yeah. All our major, major uh, print publications are out yeah. of Toronto. Yeah. You are never going to find as many journalists at practice or training or uh, post-game scrum or anything, then you will out of a Toronto venue. And that's just because it's a big city and it commands that kind of stuff. Right. So yeah, I, I understand completely what you're saying because I've always said to myself, if a great opportunity arises, I'm not afraid to move, but I'm not going to move just for the sake of moving. I have right. nothing to prove to myself. I'm in a pretty cool spot. Right. Exactly. Like if you like what you do, then it's all good. But if you do have like a need to like inside that I really want to go try something or I really want to go do something else, then maybe if the opportunity does come out to move, do it, but don't do it just for the sake of doing it. I don't think like that's not something that I would, you know, recommend, but if you really want to be on air and you're in Toronto and you're graduating from Ryerson or from college of sports media or whatever, and you want to be on air somewhere, you're probably not going to get the job here in Toronto. You'll probably have to go to a smaller market and work your way up. But nowadays, people are doing things on their own. They're doing mm-hmm. their own podcasts. They're doing things online. <laughs> they're doing thanks, for this, thanks for the shameless plug. Right? Well, they're doing, I appreciate it. Yeah, they're doing YouTube channels and things like that to, to get the reps. People say, oh, like you need reps to get better. You need practice. You need to go somewhere small and do stuff every day. But it's true. Like, you it's true. You, oh, yeah. You have to do the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. To get really good. Like, let, like let's say Steve Dang, we brought him up. His first videos were terrible. And he'll admit that his first videos were terrible. But now he's like the go-to source for like leaf reaction. And Completely. If you want to watch something on YouTube about the Leafs, he's your first click. He's now doing stuff on sports now. He's got his own podcast. And he's grown through doing stuff on his own. He didn't yeah. move to Lethbridge to work no. on some, you know, CTV program doing sports there. He just did it himself and got better, you know, every single day to become the person he is now versus 15 years ago, 10 years ago, you couldn't do that. You literally had to go somewhere and go to the, you know, the local rink and do your stand-ups there and come in and do your six o'clock newscast and then your 11 o'clock and go home. And that was it. Now you can do it whenever you want, wherever you want. You do it in your phone. Like my phone has 4K capabilities to, to shoot video better than a lot of cameras out there. So it's like you can do it from wherever you want and get better from wherever. You don't have to move away. If you, and if you're good, people will find you. Right? Steve is such an interesting case study. Yeah. And, and I had the pleasure, I had the privilege of working with him at Leafs TV for a few years uh, when he was there. And still, he like he he hosted one of the tailgate parties yeah. uh, before the Leafs game this yeah. year. And the idea of getting reps to get better, it's not just 
I think everyone thinks delivery is the first thing. Oh yeah, you get more comfortable on camera, but you find yourself, you find your voice, you find your message, you know how you're going to approach subjects so that everything becomes a lot smoother and you kind of round out the identity of whether it's who you are or who this personality or character is, but that's, that's what it gives you. And, and, and Steve, it's not just his delivery. Of course his delivery has changed. It's going to after years and years and years of doing the same thing, but it's just his ability to move and and know what grabs attention and know where to insert information versus where to insert emotion. Right. And he's by no means a one trick pony, because that showed he had a radio show first and then it develops into the podcast, which is which again, didn't exist. People didn't have podcasts. Didn't yet. exist. Like, I, I remember listening to his radio show, like on the internet, like, but it was live and I maybe would catch like the, when they put it up afterwards, but the podcast term wasn't even invented. No. And when I was at Ryerson, I had my own radio show every Thursday at six o'clock on spirit live radio which was the internet radio station at Ryerson that then we would archive our shows. So you can like send them to your mom or whatever. Yeah. And like, that was like the original podcast. podcast. And, but we were like, Oh, like it's live. But then what are we doing recording these? Like, why are we recording it for people to watch, listen to it later? Like that doesn't make sense. But Ryerson was almost like a pioneer. No, record it, put it in the bank and then people can listen to them whenever. Cause yeah. maybe they're busy at six o'clock on a Thursday. Completely. And we were thinking like, well, this is radio. on demand radio. Yeah. On demand. Now like podcasting, that's, become such a popular thing and people really, really enjoy their podcasts and they become an incredibly lucrative and depends on the podcast, but you know, yeah, not this one. It can be, this one isn't lucrative. This is just very, two guys sitting in a room. Yeah. It can be a very big thing though. Like look at Bill Simmons. Yeah. He's now like just changed the game and there's a million of them that, or podcast networks. You look at as well. Like I think of the Nerdist podcast network, uh, Chris Hardwick. He's not a pioneer of podcasting. But to me, he is. Does that, he's been around long enough that, yeah. that the Nerdist podcast is that staple. But then they have the whole group of Nerdist podcasts in the, in the podcast network mm-hmm. that if you want, you know, to talk about superheroes, or if you want to talk about Star Trek or, or comedy or whatever road you want to go yeah. down, they now have a grouping, which is really the new radio station. Right. It, yeah, it is that they have radio programs, like audio programs, which you can fill your day with start to finish that has some level of regularity generally once or twice a week that you get to program quote unquote yourself Mm -hmm. because everything is on demand. We, everything, everything in life now is on demand and we see how important that is to the viewer that, that, you know, appointment viewing outside of sports. Just going to say like, that's why I think maybe I have, a little bit more job security because I work in live TV sports that right. doesn't get preempted for anything else. It's you got to sit down at seven o'clock on a Saturday to watch the leaf game and sure you can PVR it and watch it the next day, but it's not the same. No, the thing it's, with sports is it's a communal. Everyone's watching it at the same time. Sports and award programs. Yeah. Those are the two that I give yeah. that nothing else happens because even you look at the news because they used to say it's sports in the news, but news because it's so immediate that I will sometimes PVR the news and I'll watch it at whatever 
1230 when I get home or I'll watch it, you know, at 6 a.m. while I'm eating my breakfast because it's more of a recap of the day. It's like, here's a recap of today's top stories with a couple local things that are thrown in that really don't matter. Like it's not even immediate anymore. Uh, That that really that shared environment, as you said, is is sports. And award programs. Definitely. I still, I'm a big, I'm a big award program person. Oh yeah. And, uh, even like the AMAs just happened and I had two things happening on the exact same night and I couldn't watch the AMAs, but I refused to look at my phone until I went home and watched it myself. Right. And I was like, you cared who won the different awards. It It wasn't just like the show you wanted to see. Like you cared who won. I care. I'm really weird when it comes to award programs and it doesn't even, it could be the, the globes, it could the Emmys, the Grammys, AMAs, Nickelodeon Kids Choice. Yeah. I totally watch the Kids Choice Awards. Yeah. Uh, obviously the Oscars, the ESPYs. I'm, I'm a nerd. I'm okay. a huge nerd for award shows. And you care who wins. Like, it's not just the spectacle, the show, the performances. Like, you care that LeBron James won Best Male Athlete or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. I, why else do you want? Like, yeah, the spectacle is cool, but it's just the framework for who won. Yeah. I want something. It gives me something to talk about. I'm still a water cooler moment guy. Right. You know, where I still like being able to come into work the next day, prepped with a couple things that happened the night before or happened on the weekend that I can go and just interact with someone one-on-one and talk about. At our work, not too long ago, we actually had water cooler talk about the water cooler because it was giving water that was so cold there this were like so chips meta. of ice in it. Really? And we're thinking, and so that was a big topic of discussion at our work was... Is it too close to a window? No, it's right in the middle of the office. I don't know what's going on. And it's just freezing stuff up. But like, just, you know... It's a you, slushy machine. It's it's like the little chunks of ice that are almost like indetectable until you're like... Until it's in your, in mouth. your mouth? Yeah. yeah completely. So, that was water cooler talk. Water cooler talk about yeah. water cooler. We talked about that. It sounds like a new podcast to me. Right. Right, where we literally go each week... We talk about a different line of water coolers. Right. I love the ones that have cons. the uh, that have the hot water spout, so you can make your tea right from the water cooler water. Do you? I do it. Oh, you do. Yeah. That, I always laugh because I've never seen anyone I'm use the one. it. Yeah. You're the one. I've even seen. And it's so hot that I actually put some of the cold water in, at, like at the three quarter mark, just to cool it down. Now it's tea talk with Clay and Taylor. Yeah. What is your go to for tea? I'm a huge tea guy. If you look at my cupboard at home, I have, I have, and I'll go to the grocery store because it's like two dollars. Right. I'll be like, oh, I haven't seen this before, and I'll buy it. Yeah. I'm just a green tea, just regular standard Tetley green tea guy. Oh, right, middle uh, of the road. Yeah. Green tea, little on the healthy side. Yeah. You get to tell yourself, hey, you know what? No milk, no sugar for me. You don't put anything in it, do you? Not usually. I just have like a little thermos on my desk, go to the water cooler, fill it up with hot water and drop the little tea bag in and then that's it. You're adorable, Taylor. Thank you. Look at you. Little teetotaler. Yeah. Teetotaler Taylor. But at home we have a lot more teas. Like my fiance, she's more into the tea than I am. Her family is like way into the tea. They have like tea cabinets at their house. That's just tea. Correct me if I'm wrong. You bought a place east of the city, right? Yeah, I'm in Pickering. You're driving in from Pickering yeah. because you own a home. I do. Yeah. You are an adult. Yeah. Like you are legit an adult. How long have you been living in Pickering now? I moved to Pickering in 2012 when I got the job. Yeah. When I got a job at the NHL Network, I was living in Oakville with my parents and I was like, the, so it was Oakville and then the job was in Scarborough. So that was a nightmare 401 commute to get there every day. So I started looking at like basement apartments in Scarborough to like just to rent and for what the prices were and the quality and like the neighborhoods like I don't need to I don't want to do this so then I had some money in the bank and I 
bought like a townhouse and the market started to go up. So I figured I might as well try to get into a detached house. So my girlfriend at the time, now fiance, we... This is your second house? Yeah. Because, well, we wouldn't be able to afford the house that we're currently in. Oh my if goodness. If we didn't have the townhouse and make a bunch of money off that to then be able to put the down payment on the... Right, the You're my hero. You really are. Well, it's also where you look too, because like Pickering isn't that expensive. Like it is expensive, but the, it's not. It's not Oakville. It's not Mississauga. Like it's not really, really pricey. It's not Toronto, obviously. Which I don't even like. Don't even look at Toronto when I'm looking for stuff because it's like either it's eight hundred thousand and it's a complete rebuild, or it's like one point five million at a minimum. And I don't know. Do you want to own a house in Toronto? I also don't like Toronto. Uh, like li- like I lived in Toronto for four years when I went to school and I didn't like it. It was just too crowded, too noisy, too many people. I don't mind working here cause I just come in, go to work and then go home and it's quiet and friendly and less busy and you can find parking. Like today it took me 30 minutes to find parking just to get to this podcast. I'm sorry, but it, that's just the way it goes. Like what, you know, I feel bad though. He's it's just, jam-packed Guilty. million cars you would say it took you more time you said to yeah. find a parking spot than it did to drive from pickering yeah which is unheard of because i gave myself a lot of time to get here because i again you don't know the traffic so i gave myself like over an hour and a half to get here and i literally took me 30 minutes then it took me 30 minutes to find a parking spot then i waited for clay for another 30 minutes no i emailed, i don't remember this. i emailed you that i was here because here we go okay that's the, this is the good i like this conversation though Ugh. so uh, i'm not mad because i'm squirming yeah so i emailed clay to say hey i'm here like let me know when you're around and i'll uh, come on up so we had been emailing all about the podcast. It started on Twitter, but then I said, let's get offline. Let's go to email. And let's this is a very important lesson, actually. I, I like where this conversation is going Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm doing. I don't mean to do this to shame you. I'm just doing this to like my line of thinking here. So we had about five or six emails going back and forth about, you know, what day works, where do you work, where can I park? All what, this time, what time? Yeah. So it's you all, know, it's where all, am I? Yeah, exactly. It's all, it's all an email. So then when I got here, um, I knew he had a meeting beforehand. So I knew he wouldn't be at the building, but I knew... Uh, you know, I'll park and I'll email him when I'm here. And then when he gets here, you know, he can buzz me up. So I email him and say, Hey, like I'm just parked out front. Let me know when you're here and you know, we can do this thing. Be- and then the reason I didn't text him or anything was because it was all in the same thread. And I have people that from time to time will send me a text or they'll email me or they'll send me a Twitter direct message or they'll message me on LinkedIn or a Facebook message all from the same person on all these different mediums. And then when I want to go back and look at what they've said or find the file they sent me or the phone number, whatever. I don't know where they sent it to me. I know they sent, of course. I know they sent it to me. Because it's spread over. It's spread out all over the different mediums. So I figured in this case, I'll email Clay saying that I'm here. So it's on the same thread and that we're all on the same page. And if we ever have to go, if I ever need to go back and find his address, I know it's in this email thread oh. on the podcast. And then you're like, oh, how come he didn't text me? It's like, for me, I think... <laughs> I was sitting, I was sitting in a meeting, you're right. I had a 9am meeting this morning. Um, and you don't, it's, we're in a funny spot now in life where we're so tied to our smartphone because it notifies us of everything. Yeah. But I figured everyone nowadays gets notifications for emails the same way they get text notifications. They do, but this is what happens because notifications like they stream in yeah like every i get a tweet and it's another notification and someone right tweets are blue right emails are blue this is how i work okay. instagram is like this reddish yeah. wineish color yeah text messages are green 
And so I'm in a meeting and it's kind of understood now that you don't have to shame a person for just checking their phone in a meeting yeah. because some of us use it as a clock. Some of us see if we've missed anything important. And so I left it on the table beside me and I just kind of touch it every once in a while. I just touch the phone. Yeah. And if I saw a green bubble, then I knew that would be Taylor. Yeah. I, I figured it would be you because my life works like a bullseye. My communication is a bullseye where on the outer ring, is your LinkedIn or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Then my next ring of acceptance is my Instagram and Twitter. And my next ring of acceptance is an email. And the inner ring is my phone number. Not everybody has my phone number. Yeah. And so we progress into the inner ring right. as it becomes more imminent. Right. Right. We what start. Has, what if someone calls you? That must be like flashing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, when someone, yes, completely. When yeah. someone calls you, yeah. you know, shit's about to go down or you fuck something up, <laughs> miss something. Yes. When you get a phone call, you're like, Oh yeah, I need apparently new windows because that's the other people who do it or people trying to sell me windows right. for my condo. I don't need new windows guys. I don't even own the windows on the building. So you moved out to Pickering yeah. and this, I, what's being a homeowner like you have to teach me because I am so nervous. Yeah. I feel Toronto in a way and I'll explain myself is like a nice place to stay, but you don't settle down. What I mean by that is when I'm living in a condo and because my work takes me on the road all the time, it almost feels like another hotel room. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. however many square feet. It's a nice view. It's got a great balcony. So it's a nice hotel room. Yeah. But and it things looks, are taken care of for you. Like you don't have to mow the lawn no. or any of that stuff. Shovel the lane. Yeah, nothing. Like I just drop my garbage in a garbage yeah. hole and it falls down 10 floors into the compactor. So it's, it's like a hotel for me. Yeah. And then I will have to make a conscious move to buy a house outside the city because that's where you settle down. You yeah. don't settle down in the city. You settle down out of the city, at least in my head, but it's, oh, I'm scared of it. You know what? That's one of the reasons why I bought the townhouse originally um, it was almost like the next step because we had maintenance fees like a like a condo because it was like a condo townhouse even though you know we were no one above us no one below us there were just people on either side we had our own driveway our own garage but part of our maintenance fees was they would mow the lawns they would clean the leaves they would hey do now that, they would do all that kind of stuff that we paid like for this. right it was part of your maintenance fees we had um, if any if there were any issues you know with the exterior of the building that would get paid for out of the condo fees. Uh, there was a lot of stuff like that, that actually was like really, you didn't have to worry about because it was done for you. It's the nice middle step. It was a middle step is what you're saying. You're like, I don't yeah. have all the responsibility yeah. of being an old timey homeowner. Right. I like can, if something went wrong with the roof there, it would have been covered by oh, the perfect, you know, the condo board or whatever. And only a couple times we ended up using it. One time there was a bat that got into our house through the, through like the attic somewhere. And they paid for like the pest removal to come and seal up the attic. You are sure. in the country. But I had you? to get the bat. I had to kill the bat or not kill it, but I caught the bat and then released it. How do you catch a bat? So that was a, that was a ridiculous uh, situation. So what happened? Did you have a hockey stick? I'll tell you the whole story here. So my girlfriend, Deanna and I were sitting there on the couch watching TV and we hear the cat, like playing with something like in the front hallway, which is weird. Cause like the cat never really goes in the front hallway and she's like, really like, like fighting something. What the hell? So I get up and I go and the cat's like fighting a bat. 
the bat had like come down because we were getting work done on our ceiling in our bathroom. There was a leak, so we so there's a hole. There was a hole. We we tore a hole in the ceiling point. where the bat came in from the attic and came down like the inside of the walls and out through the bathroom door. And so the cat's playing it. I'm like, oh my god, a bat! So I go, I grab the cat because I don't know if it's got rabies or something, right? So I right. Go grab the cat and then give it to Deanna and say, go upstairs to like the bedroom. We get this bat out of the house somehow. Hide hide basically because old bats are vampires exactly. just during the day or whatever it's in the other form yeah that's our main that's my thought. main concern yeah. it's gonna bite me and then i will be forever undead exactly so what i did was i went and put like a long sleeve shirt on i put on a toque because i figured of course I canadian stuck in my hair yeah and then i grab because you long wavy yeah, right hair here yeah it could just get caught up in there yeah <laughs> nests have a whole exactly. family of bats and you won't even know they're there yeah well first actually as all millennials will do i went on google how do you get a bat out of your, <laughs> out of your house? So that is hilarious. Yeah. So I, they were like, oh, like open a door, put a, put a light on outside, except so they'll go to the light kind of thing. Right. Inter- like a fly. Yeah. Uh, so I opened up the patio door and turn on the light out there. And then I tried to like, like whoosh it to the outside, yeah. but I kept just flying around in a million circles. Whoosh it. How are you whooshing this with thing? With a stick. Trying with to like a stick. push it, like go to the, go to the door, go to the Scared door. Scared away from the yeah. inside. Exactly. But that had the adverse effect and it tried to go up. So then it went up the stairs to where everyone's hiding upstairs and it was like chilling. The cat is now having a shit fit because yeah. it just wants to play. Exactly. It was, and it was on like the landing for our stairs. So what I did was, is I grabbed a hamper turned it upside down and caught it like put it over the bat some real macgyver shit right here but then it's like well now what because you just got a hamper on the floor on the stair yeah yeah yeah. with the bat over it so what i did was i grabbed an old sheet and like put it you know how under under yeah just like caught it and then held the bat in the sheet with my hand and then just went out down the stairs outside and released it into the wild again it just flew off but it was a pretty uh-huh. harrowing, like, who's ever tried to deal with the bat before? Like, I was originally going to get a tennis racket, but I didn't have a tennis racket. Because I... It's like, That'd be even funnier. Hockey stick. This is, play. like... Casey Jones, if you watch Ninja Turtles, is basically the Canadian superhero. Because this is what we all do. The first thing we grab is a hockey stick. Yeah. It's always closest. It's yeah. right there. I used to have a hockey stick leaning up in my bedroom. Because I said, if anyone ever broke in, I'm getting the hockey stick. Yeah. I don't care what that guy have a knife. Yeah. He have a gun, buddy. I got a hockey stick. Right. I can take out bats. It's pretty menacing. A hockey stick. If someone's coming at you with a stick, like, yeah, I wouldn't want to be hit. But by the thing it. is like we play hockey and we get cross checked and slashed and whatever. And like, it really doesn't hurt that much. No. Well, uh, it we can, have equipment depends on where you get hit. Yeah. But for the most part, I've gotten dinged on the wrists before and it's not, but you're not, pleasurable. it's not life threatening. You're getting hit with a hockey stick. You're not going to like, you hit them with a bat. You can like knock them out. If you're we, not knocking anybody out with a hockey point. stick. So if you're stuck in a zombie apocalypse yeah. or if you're in Middle Earth trudging your way to the depths of Mordor, hockey stick isn't the first weapon you want to be picking up. I'd probably have a bat. The only thing that's good with the hockey stick is that the length. You can keep things away from you. Did you watch Stranger Things? No. You haven't watched Stranger Things no. at all? No. Oh, man, this reference won't work. Just so he had a bat in one okay. of them, and the bat was pretty badass. Yeah, I like. Feel like it. you do some serious damage with a bat versus a hockey stick. It's not as heavy. It's not as thick. It's not metal. And these like flimsy, like three hundred dollar ones, like the composites, are yeah. super light. 
that they might break hockey sticks. Oh yeah, when you I, hit the person. That's the crazy thing: is the more expensive the hockey stick, the less likely it will be effective right. for a bat, an intruder, or a zombie. But if you're taking slap shots or an orc, then you're all good. Can we talk about this whole Stranger Things? Sure. Thing. You are the first person I've met. And we have a long like media background yep. together, yep. like where we've known each other on the media entertainment landscape. Yep. I, remember, I remember seeing you in, uh, I think it was Philadelphia at the draft. Oh, the 2013. Yeah. You just had like a camera like in the, in the well of the arena. I'm like, well, that's what are you right. Doing? We saw each other at the draft. That's yeah. it. So who are you working with I was at the time? I was at the NHL network. That was 2013 draft with Jonathan Drouin. Yeah. Was drafted, um, which means Colorado took McKinnon. McKinnon first overall. Yeah. Max Domi was drafted that year. Yeah. Leafs in the first round. Here's a funny story about that draft. Every year, there tends to be when, when it's like Toronto is now on the clock and the clock starts ticking down for yep. when they have to make the pick, music starts playing. Sometimes it's video, but this year, music was playing in between the picks. And I caught on by the second pick that it was movie soundtracks. Okay. And so it's like the third or fourth pick. And I said, I want nothing more than the Jurassic Park theme when the Leafs picked. But it was 21st or 20th or 20. Yeah, I think 21st. Yeah. They were way down the friggin' line. Yeah. And in my head, I'm like, no, this has got to go top seven. Think of all this, like you got your Star Wars, it's yeah. great. You have so the, the, Indiana Jones, is great. The soundtracks didn't pertain to the city? It was just... No. Okay. There were just different movie okay. soundtracks in between each. Okay. So we're at 16, 17, 18. A lot of the guys, you know, your mind's kind of getting taken over because first of all, the Leafs are getting closer to picking and that means my job is now going to get a lot busier. But you're also kind of focusing on all the guys that are left or rather all the guys that aren't left uh, because you, you kind of and you don't have I don't have an idea as to who they're going to draft, but I have an idea, right? I just have my own guesses and, and thoughts and, you know, something like Anthony Mantha goes and you're like, oh, I thought for sure we're going to go for Anthony Mantha. Wasn't the case. And we get to the Leafs pick. And I hear it over the loudspeaker. It's the Jurassic Park theme. I believe in putting things out into the world and hoping they come true. Maybe someone was following my Twitter feed. I don't know. But we got the Jurassic Park theme and I lost it. I lost my mind. I was so happy. That's why all the shots were all shaky. Yeah, they're all. I, I was singing along. Na, 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 na. Yeah, I was that happy yeah. that I sing soundtracks to movies. That's that. Where are we going with you, that? You wanted, to, you wanted to bring up Stranger oh, Things. Oh, Stranger yeah. Things. So what gives not just not your thing. Are you yeah. one of those guys that's like, Oh, this is cool. Well, I'm not going to watch it because everyone's little, watching I'm a little it. like that. Actually. Um, I don't like being told what to watch. I like being able to find things like on my own. Like I was one of the, f I watched house of cards like before anyone else. Like I thought that was like, I remember the, the build up to it. It's like, Oh, this can be a really cool show. It was one of those things where this, this show seems like up my alley. Um, cause there's, there's three main things that I, attribute to watching a show. Okay. The first thing usually like, so Seinfeld is my favorite show of all time. So that's, Interesting. that's funny. Okay. So comedy, I really like comedy. Okay. So if it's funny, but like smart, funny, not dumb, funny. I really like smart, funny shows like Kirby enthusiasm. Another like really show Larry like David is the common string. Obviously yeah. there. So smart, funny. Um, if there's an actor or a theme that could actually be 
real. So like, even though James Bond is a fictional character, yep. it's not implausible for that to be real. Okay. Like, Makes so I sense. like things like that, like, you know, Mission Impossible, like it's not, although the special effects are, are crazy. And so cool, is fantasy not really your I thing then? I don't like then? fantasy whatsoever. Oh, so my whole Middle Earth, Mordor, so Middle Earth, like Lord, of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. I've never seen the Hobbit. Oh, never that was seen lost on you. Any of that stuff. Yeah. There should be a disclaimer that comes with you. Uh, we should work on this. Right. Uh, first of all, that you only reply to emails or in the, no, in the same manner way. of, of communication that we started things. Yeah. Second, don't bring up anything to do with anything fantastical or magical right. because it's not real. Yeah. Have you seen like the Avengers? Uh, yeah. Um, but, but, but you're not the, even the Avengers is on the outer rim of outer your, rim. so Deanna, my fiance, interest. she really likes all those movies like the Avengers and superheroes. She likes like, really, Does she cool want to come on the podcast She can come because yeah, I feel like her and I would get along. Yep. She probably, <laughs> probably would. Um, but she likes all the, like she loves action movies and stuff and I do too, but the three main pillars for me are like smart, funny, plausible situation where I'd want to be that person. So James Bond, like completely suits. like I'd love to be like one of those guys. Um, and filmed then, like, in Toronto. Shout out. Yeah, I was on, suits? I was on suits. You're on I was, suits. I was a background actor on suits. Yeah, it was cool. And what, were, what did you have to do? Did you have to stick something in a filing cabinet? No. So what it was, it was an outdoor scene and Lewis and some guy were talking on the street about a case or something. And what season? Do you know the season? The, the latest se- season seven, I guess. Oh my God. Um, and basically what happened was I, so Deanna's sister works in like background casting and like knows that I always want to get on suits. Although her company doesn't deal with suits. She knows like all the other casting yep. agents, or whatever. So they're like, listen, I said to her, if you can never get me on suits, like I want to do it. I don't care when, where, whatever. I, I got to get on the show suits. So she's like, okay, here you go. Here's a day you can go. So I put on a suit, went downtown and, um, it was an outdoor scene and they were handing out like props to all of us. And I was like just the back of the line waiting for my turn to get my prop. And the guy's like, Oh, sorry, man. Like I, I ran out. Like they were giving out briefcases and cups of coffee and like all these things. Like, oh, sorry, dude. Like I ran out. There was <laughs> too many people, I guess. Right. Like, okay, fine. So I was like, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll just pretend like I'm talking on my phone. So I just had my phone out and I was just like walking on the street, like pretending that I was talking on my phone. And the way that my, they sent me down my like path was like right in between the characters talking. So there's like, a, there's like, one second of me, but for a background extra, that's pretty. One second is like two hours. So have, you, have you freeze framed yeah, it, yeah, blown it up, and hung it on your wall? I haven't done that, but I put it on my Instagram, and it's one of my like most liked photos ever. And it was very cool because. Can you pull it up for me? I'm going to show you. All right, can you give it to us so we can post it yeah. as well when the podcast comes out? Yeah, I will. Oh, this uh, is amazing. Because like I don't usually get a hundred likes on any Instagrams because like I don't really have that many followers. But there's me. In the back. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm first just like, of all you look great well thanks good choice on the gray suit but i'm blurred out that's why i look so good because i'm like i'm in, yeah, I'm you in look like great. The, what is that focus called i'm in like the back of the, of the rack focus yeah well you're just it's soft yeah I'm a, I'm it's really soft you're not in focus you're yeah they call it out of focus out of that's focus. the technical term right you know by the scientists and, and dps of the world that looks friggin' wicked your hair looks great too thanks i did that myself now did you so you wore your own clothes. Yeah. You said going so they, into they it. They tell you to like bring options. Like they, t- they tell you what you, what you have to wear, but you have yep. to bring it yourself. Right. So I brought two suits, a gray one and a blue one and a couple of ties or whatever. And then they were like, Oh, here's a blue suit or here's my gray suit. They made me change the tie from when I was originally into a different one. And then I just walked down the street like a human being. Like, I don't want to be an actor I have no aspirations, but you just want to be in suits. I want to be in suits. Being on suits was like really cool. And I was only there for like an hour, two hours. And the scene itself was only like maybe like 25 seconds in the actual show. Still, it's pretty sick. It was awesome. I have been in a couple other shows. One was called Rogue. 
and that was like a full out like from 9 a.m to like 2 a.m Sheesh. shoot that we were all in like tuxedos it was, like a, life. It was like a galaxy uh, um big, big gala at the yep. royal york hotel that was a nightmare that was so long and the scene itself was probably only like a minute so i don't understand what they were doing taking that long to shoot it but it took forever and the other show i was in it's not even out yet it's gonna be on youtube it's a youtube red show by the same director as the born ultimatum the board movies wow um so and now is this all through deanna's sister yeah yeah. That she just kind of they just because they weaves you into these things. Like I'm not actor or anything, so they have actor limits. So once you get yep. over 20 actor people, then you can just get random people off yep. the street. Yep. So I'm like one non-union. Yeah. I'm the non-union random guy off the street, and I've been like a teacher. Um, in the YouTube one, Key and Peel, the tall guy. Which one's he? Do you know? Key, uh, Key uh, the tall guy with the buzzed with the not Jordan Peel shared head shaved head. He was in the one for that's gonna be on YouTube. And I was summoned to go outside and put on this like snowsuit and reveal him from like inside a body bag. Right. Whoa. So I wasn't just a guy like in the street. I was like actually like part of the show now. Like you'll, when, when you it have airs, an action. You, yeah. The director who directed Tom Cruise and Matt Damon and them. Oh, he's also the executive producer of suits. So he was like, okay, action. And I literally had to like unzip the body bag and like, you're kind of nervous. There's like 50 people around. There's cameras yeah. and like, there's a famous guy like literally between my legs. I'm like kneeled down over him to like open up the body bag. And I like kind of messed up the first time. I kind of got like, got like caught, you know, and like you're yep. trying Get to open up, up fabric like with one hand. Cause you couldn't put the other hand in the way. How no. you normally do it. Cause it would block the shot. Yes. And this is Hollywood at its best. Because you never get to do things normally. You talk a lot. The, the funniest one is always getting in and out of the car. Yeah. Because that's that always seems like the... Or getting up from a table. These are all the most unnatural things. Like, the, we do it so casually. Yeah. But to do it for camera, it's got to be completely different. Right. Like opening a zipper with one hand. Yeah. And not holding the fabric taut yeah. with, your, with your other hand. Right. So I met... And I was wearing these huge, like... Was it wearing gloves? I can't remember. They originally had me in gloves that was like really like hard to actually open the bag with. So I, I'm pretty sure I wore the gloves, but I had to, they made me stop and like redo it. So the the huge Hollywood director Did he yell cut like y'all like cut okay reset redo it and then I redo it. But I got paid more for that 15 seconds of opening the body bag right. than I did in the 15 hour shoot. That you I know did. it's funny. So the way your career is progressing, yeah. and this is my dad was actually a movie extra for for quite a few years when I was young. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I have an, I, not a great idea, but an idea, about this yeah. kind of stuff, you just, you were like a key part. You could actually play that into now a speaking role, Maybe. right? Where, where you're the guy at the back that says taxi right. and snaps twice. <laughs> yeah. As soon as you get a couple speaking roles, then you can go actra. Yeah. And I'm not even, I'm not even pulling your leg on no, this. I know. Okay. Well, there's maybe a, I don't know a hundred percent. There's a bunch of like criteria that you need. Yeah. To yeah. There's steps that you take, yeah. but you, your next step is just having a line. Right. And you only have to have a line a couple times and then correct me if I'm wrong, but you're steps away. That's right. Taylor Schroll, you started, you started, you know, at CBC. Yeah you know, just working nights or whatever. And you're going to be an actor member in no time. Thing is, I have no aspirations to be an actor whatsoever. But you'd be the next great thing. You just don't just even know don't it. Know it you are so naturally it, gifted and talented <laughs> that was, you don't even know that you're the next 
Leonardo DiCaprio. That's right. Uh, I, I'm going to bring it up. I'm going to take the opportunity. Yep. We're on Stitcher now. We got complaints that people on Android couldn't find us. Okay. So we're now on Stitcher and TuneIn, which okay. are both apps that are crossover between. We were just iTunes before. Right. Because now we're Stitcher it. and TuneIn. So I have a Mac computer. And I'm not like completely anti-Apple. Like I have right. an iPad. You just have, didn't like the iPhone. I didn't like the iPhone. And I didn't like how it slowed down after every update when the new phone came out and I still had the previous version. It drives us all mad. It drives me nuts. So I was like Android, whatever. Um, but I always listen to this podcast on iTunes, which I'm glad it's on somewhere else because I don't really like the iTunes interface. Podcast I don't interface. like it now. I used to like it, but I don't anymore. The one I really like from what other podcasts I listen to is SoundCloud. Oh, we're on SoundCloud as well. Okay, that's my favorite. Yeah. Because that's almost just like built into your browser. You just press play and it just plays. Yeah. There we go. We're on SoundCloud. Yeah. I just don't promote the SoundCloud link. Okay. I don't know why I don't promote it. Right. I just, so what do you, how do you so go many. and find all your metrics then? Like how do you, on iTunes, do you know how many people are listening? No, they don't long? tell you. Really? Yeah. So how that, do like different podcasts actually like monetize? If you can't actually go to an advertiser and say, hey, smoke and mirrors. I get 50,000 listens or I get... So I haven't actually, I don't, I haven't figured that side out yet. I don't, I don't know how to monetize this. And it's because right now, as we talked, when we were talking earlier, you know, how you you get into something and you're trying to figure it out and find your voice in it and, and, and get a rhythm in it and all I, I'm really focused on, on finding my voice in all of this mm-hmm. and, and how to make it work before I ever think of making it, uh, taking it to another step. Yeah. Um, I would imagine just I've been doing in the, in entertainment uh, for long enough in sports to know that a lot of sponsorship deals aren't sold on the package you put in front of them and all the metrics inside. It's sold because, hey, you know the guy at Nike mm-hmm. and they're looking to invest in dot, dot, dot. And they're looking to expand into, you know, more grassroots personalities or something like that. Uh, and I know so much that works off that, um, that that's how people walk into sponsorship deals and, and, and getting the different, um, like quote unquote commercial times on board, you know, like this podcast this week, we're brought to you by, you know, stamps.com stamps.com and Squarespace. Yeah. I should just email them. Because I, I a lot feel of like referral based. So you basically would go to their website, sign up for a uh, Squarespace website with like promo cl- code Clayton 15, and then you would get 15% of whatever they spend. I think that's how a lot yeah. of these things are, deal- are are being done. See, I got to figure that out. Yeah. Because like I got the media group I run, the show media group. Yeah. I want I was trying to get to that and then we end up getting hung up on but how you don't like stranger things right. and kids in the eighties, which is it could have happened, Taylor. It could have, yeah. It could have happened. Yeah. I wanted to get to the, the Stroll Media Group yeah. because the reason being is I, I'm a firm believer, and we talked about this earlier as well, that if you have a hole in your life, that you can just go fill it. You can just go fill it. You don't have to wait until someone tells you, oh, you're a writer right. and pats you on the back for you to be able to hone your writing craft and to write regularly. It's great. It's great. You, there's nothing holding us back. And if I wanted a radio show, I can create a podcast. There was a need. I'm thinking that you had to fill in your life. There's something that you want to express. And you were among the first of the people I knew that said, and even though it's different than what I chose to do, 
you were like, no, this is something I want to do and I want to do it on my own. How, how did SMG like, what's the history? What's the, what, what's so the, the early days? The early days are when I was working at CBC out of my internship and getting a job there, I, it's unionized at CBC and there was a big budget cut coming and they were saying, we're going to lay dun, off, dun, dun. Yeah, we're gonna lay off 500, 800 people. And because you're a union and I'm the last guy hired, it's pretty obvious you're going to be the first guy fired. That's just the way it works. So I was like, well, I only have worked in one place, CBC. I only know CBCers who are now going to be laying off a whole bunch of people and not going to be doing any hiring anytime soon. So how can I meet people in the industry outside of where I currently work? And I thought to myself, and also it was how to get my work out there as well. So Originally, I just created my own like personal website just to post like my work, my openings I've done, features I've worked on, just as a way to kind of get a portfolio out there. And then in order to get people to come to my website, I figured I would talk to people in the media world who I could interview, put it on a tab on my personal site. And then once they're there, maybe they'll see some of the stuff that I've worked on. But then the media side of it became way bigger than any of my own personal stuff. So then that had needed its own website. And that's when I was like, okay, well maybe people actually want to talk to other media people and learn their stories. So then I thought, okay, well I need to meet more people. I'll create a hub on the internet where I can basically. Hub is a good word, by the way. I like that. I can reach out to anybody I want. And that's how you and I first met was because I probably read, I saw you on Twitter or something. I liked what you were doing. I'm like, Oh, how can I meet this guy? Oh, I know. I'll say, Hey, do you want to like be part of this media group that I've started? Do you want to come out to an event? Do you want to be in a video or whatever? Right. Or do you want to be on it with a profile? Events. It started with events. Yeah. Like I had, I had an, an event at, I think you came to the first one. I was, yeah. I was at the first handful. Yeah. And, uh, I remember thinking, okay, no one really knows me. I've put on well, say what the first one, say what? Yeah. Seven o'clock meet at say what, you know, here's the date and time. And I got there, you know, half an hour early waited no one showed up for the first half hour of like the actual start time. So I had been sitting there literally for like an hour by myself going, oh, well, no one's coming. I guess I didn't do a very good job at this. And then uh, my one friend, Mike Conkin, who now works for Global Winnipeg, walked in the door and I was like, okay, we got one. Yep. It's a friend of mine, but we got one. Yep. And as soon as he came in, like I would say like, Simon Bennett came in. Yep. Who had, Simon's actually going to be on the podcast. Who I hadn't hadn't met. He saw it online and came out. He, he's one of the first people who like legitimately just saw it out there and thought this was cool and came out. And he's been to almost every one. Um, Dangle was at the first one. Sarah Davis, who was at Leafs TV, yep. Nesson, uh, she came. And then for, again, more friends of mine, and then people who'd just seen it online. And it was like, okay, people want to interact with other people in the industry they want to get together and network and the networking events that i do aren't like stuffy they're just literally go to a bar have some drinks and hang hang out out. it's not there's no guest speakers there's no name tags it's just kind of like literally go and have some beers and just kind of become friends with people and i feel like that's the best way to actually network and have a mutual beneficial relationship if you're just friends first and then maybe business partners or something later on um and then the website just keeps growing. Like people, I keep reaching out to people who want to do profiles and people really like sharing their stories. They like sharing their advice and people approach me about if, if they can be profiled or then I go on the internet and I see different career-based articles that would pertain to the media world. I'll reach out saying, hey, can I, you know, post your article on my site and I'll, you know, obviously give you credit for it. And then, you know, I post it 
they then retweet it out because it's good prom- promotion for them, good promotion for me, and it just keeps building that way. And it's just a group that's grown. You know, it's got 700, 800 people on Facebook. Wow. It's got like 2,100 people on Twitter. Um, it's, it's cool. It's like a good group. And if people are like actually really out there to help people. We started doing videos where we interviewed people and the videos are basically, the first four were legitimately a test. We invited people that we knew, like friends of ours, cause you know, like with technical things, things can go wrong. And so we okay, we'll invite four As people. As they often do, when they can go wrong, yeah. so we they choose to. So we invited four people that we really wanted to talk to, but also four people that were our friends. And if things went wrong, we could say to them, hey, listen, like we might have to reshoot this cause it messed up. Uh, Danielle Emanuel, her video messed up. Like we legitimately had one camera go down. So the two shot of them, Mike and Danielle, Mike Valente is our host. He does a fantastic job. So the, the two shot went down. So it's just the one shot back and forth and our promos with her didn't work and whatever was a shot on the one camera just like died. So we asked her like, hey, do you mind coming out to reshoot some stuff? And she was like, yeah, no problem. So because we knew her, we felt like we could we could do that versus we've invited some people on who we don't know that well. We've met them literally for the first time on the shoot where if we had to re-ask them to do stuff, it would be almost a little uncomfortable or kind of embarrassing. So we've tried to make the first season people that are kind of in our immediate circle. And then we'll try to branch off maybe in season two. And now we can show people what we've done. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause when you do something for the first time, no one knows how it's going to look right. And they not necessarily want to agree to stuff that if they have no idea how it's going to be presented or how it's going to look. So now that we got something concrete that we can send people and to show them, I think we'll have, a little bit more success in getting people for season two. You, you look at it first and, and you told us it perfectly. You know, you, you want to connect and you thought by, yeah. by connecting, you could meet more people and, and they'd be familiar with you and they could, you know, come together, be familiar with each other. But then you wanted to take it to another level. You yeah. wanted, what, what, what were you trying to scratch with the video side? Um, a little bit, some of it is the fact that, so Mike, our host was in Winnipeg doing on air stuff um for shot tv he's come back to toronto he's now the in-game host for the marley's and he was looking he always wanted to be more involved with the site but being in winnipeg it was just tough for him so now that he's back he takes a huge burden off me because he actually edits the videos too um so he was like let's do some video i said well listen i'm pretty busy with my regular job and then all the like the web content that i put on there so if you want to take a large chunk of these videos off my plate I'm down. You can put my logo, my brand, and I'll help you. But for the most part, Mike does the videos. Um, he even like promotes them online through our, like he goes on the show media Twitter account to post stuff. Like he, the video thing is like, is his baby, his baby. Right. And it's also good practice for him. Cause he, he wants to be an on air guy. That's like his career ambition. Right. So this is another way to, to get the reps and to get more practice interviewing people and, although he's really comfortable in front of the camera and does a great job, it's just more practice, more reps, more exposure. So for him, that's maybe why he does it for me. You know, the first time I met Kat Tefankovic was at the videos. Like we had been mm. chatting online uh, on Twitter, for Instagram for a long time. She's been part of the group. We've profiled her on the site all through email. So the first time I actually physically met her in real life was for the video, for the video. So it's another way too to reach out to people that we want to talk to. Um, that we think their stories would be good for people who are up and coming in the industry to hear from. And so we've talked to people from CBC News. We've talked to people from the Raptors. We've talked to people from Weather Network, from Marley's, and just some people in the digital space, some people in entertainment reporting. We try to, people do complain that 
SMG is a lot about sports, but that's because it's, that's my passion and I really right. like sports media. And that's where your, 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 I don't want to say inner circle, but maybe yeah. the, the, a lot of the people you interact with more regularly yeah. fall in sports. Right. And we do get the most traffic based on when we do sporting articles and videos and stuff, but I don't want to like, you know, shy away from doing news interviews and entertainment and pop culture. Cause that's still part of the industry as well. I'm just not in that world as much. So my connections aren't as big there, but by doing this and inter- interacting with these people, that side of it's growing. We've crossed our hour. Yep. We've done a good job. I learned that you don't like fantasy and never talk to you about Middle Earth or Stranger Things. Where can we find, where can we find Taylor Schuld? Um, other than, let's just, this was a few weeks ago, but being called out or given a shout out on uh, Coach's Corner. That's right. Holy shit. Yeah, that was cool. Um, like I have been shouted out before on TV for like work I've done. Like Ron McLean said my name after like an opening I've done. But to be on Coach's Corner, like that was like Crazy. the coolest thing. To, and it was so dumb because I it's one of those things that you work on it took like literally like 15 minutes to do the item that I did that got the shout out. Yeah. And there were things that you spend like a month on and it just airs and no one cares. This was the thing that like I did in almost no time at all. My editor, Benny Kashi did a fantastic job just, you know, rushing it to air cause we were tight for time and like Ron and Don loved it and it was really cool. Um, but to find me, uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at T Schuld. or if you want to find the Schuld media group, I'm on Schuldmediagroup.com. And they're on, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. And everywhere. join the community because it's crazy. I'll tell one last story, actually. Yeah. Actually, this is, this is how good the people are. I, I'm not going to say her name just because I didn't ask her to, but we have a mutual friend that, that I dated for a couple of years. And we realized when looking through photos of that very first event at Say What, that I'm in a photo and she's in the background. And we, we, we never met each other for another year oh, after really? that, which is crazy. And she's a really good person. But it, that's what I love about your group. They're good people. And that's what I love. And, and so many uh, contacts that I made just through those, the, you know, hanging out one night somewhere in the city and chatting with people because I, I told myself I was going to be social that night. I've made so many, I don't want to say friends, like it's not people I see all the time. Yeah. But they float through your life every once in a while or you run into them at a at a sporting event or at a concert or at, out for dinner or on the street or they are reaching out. I've had this happen where they're applying for a job uh, that either I would know the person hiring or that I have experience in the field. So they're like, what would what would you be looking for if you were hiring for this job? Yeah. And it's just so neat that 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 exists, that my, my doors were open to so many people that, you know, are a couple of years younger than me or are in a different avenue of the business that I would have met otherwise. And so I think that alone, just meeting really cool people, yeah. um, and just the opportunity to make a new friend, uh, and, and, and learn a new story is, is more, more than worth it. Is there an event? Do you guys have an event coming um, up? Is there like a Shoal Media Christmas? No. People are too busy at Christmas. They are. We we're, have all our other Christmas we're thinking events. Like, yeah, we're thinking New Year. We'll probably do maybe an event in the New Year and then start back up with the videos in uh, 2018. So check us out. Shoalmediagroup.com. Woo! Shameless plugs. Yeah. Now we do one thing to end every podcast and I think I, 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 I'm going to try doing this with you. Okay. 
we say, I, I usually say, you know, everyone, please be good to yourself and eat your vegetables because actually Kat Stefankovic, her and I just through a text message conversation came up with that once. So I'm going to say the first part. You say the second part. Okay. Okay. Everyone, please, please, please be good to yourself and eat your vegetables and eat your vegetables. (laughs) 